Hi everyone, I'm Molly Carr and this is The Wedding Destination, a podcast for couples and creatives where we discuss all things destination weddings. As a destination wedding photographer, I have traveled the world and had the opportunity to work in some of the most beautiful places imaginable with some of the best and most inspiring wedding industry creatives out there. Whether you are a bride or groom planning your destination wedding or a wedding industry creative hoping to grow your business, welcome and welcome to today's episode of the podcast. As you listen to today's episode, we would love to see where you are and what you're up to. Snap a photo and be sure to tag us at Wedding Destination Podcast. Everyone, I am so happy that you're here and that you're tuning into a conversation that I have been so looking forward to sharing with you all. Tori Smith joins me today, and after having followed her for years, I finally had the opportunity to collaborate with her on a beautiful wedding and editorial in France. We immediately bonded over our mutual love of Bunny Melon, and we've been friends ever since. Tori is the owner of Smith James Events, a high-end destination wedding planning and design boutique who curates some of the most iconic events worldwide. Named one of the best wedding planners in America by Brides Magazine, Tori and her studio manager, Lauren, are known for their extremely edited eye and their innate understanding of what is of the moment and what's next in weddings. Based in LA and featured in publications from Vogue to the New York Times, Tori has planned events from Bora Bora to Palmetto Bluff to the Amalfi Coast. Tori, thank you so much for joining us and welcome to The Wedding Destination. Hi, Molly. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm so happy to have you here. You have such an incredible sense of style and are absolutely brilliant as a businesswoman. And that, coupled with your just infectious sense of humor, make you an absolute joy to be with. Oh, that's so nice of you. Thanks, Molly. I appreciate that. And I'm really excited for our listeners to get to know you. So before we dive into all things weddings, can you tell us a little bit about how you got your start? Sure. I actually started in the fashion space. Uh, back in the day, I wanted to be a stylist for like music videos and musicians. So I put myself in fashion school after college. I went to a four-year university and then I went to a fashion university to get my little launch and know a lot more about the fashion industry. And while I was there, I realized I don't want to be in fashion and I wanted to uh, do spatial design. So I started learning about designing music festivals and museum exhibits. And through that, I got an internship at the Grammy Museum, like the Grammy Awards uh, at LA Live in Los Angeles. And I worked my way up from intern to head curator of the Grammy Museum at LA Live. So I was working in the music industry before I was a wedding planner. And then I was working like 120 hours a week, basically sleeping on my desk. It was a really hard industry to be in. And one day my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, said to me, you're working too hard. Like, I feel like you should own your own business if you're going to be working this hard. If you could do anything, what would you do? And so I was like, I think I want to throw fancy parties. I love the great Gatsby. And so I started working for other wedding planners and then started my business in 2015. 
That's incredible. And I mean, what a perfect transition for you to going from fashion to spatial design to working in the Grammys. And really, that seems like the perfect way for you to transition to becoming a wedding planner and starting your business. Yeah, it's funny how life works that way. At that time in my life, you know, you're in your 20s, I thought I had no direction. And then now to be landing in my career and loving it so much, it it really turned out to be the perfect journey to where I landed. That's incredible. So can you tell us a little bit more from when you started in 2015 to fast forward eight years where you are today? Tell us a little bit about what that process was like. Yeah. When I started my business, I had a really clear vision for what I wanted my business to be and who my ideal client was. And I always tease that I really wanted to be Joy Proctor, which I hope I hope one day that gets back to her because I love Joy Proctor's style so much. She's so talented. And, and I worked really hard and grew my business. But in 2019, I hit a stage of burnout, a pretty intense stage of burnout, where I essentially hired a, a business coach outside of the wedding industry to help me decide if I should still be a wedding planner or help me find out what my new career would be. And during those meetings in that time, I found out that it's not that I needed a career change. It's that I wasn't being myself. I was just trying too hard to be Joy Proctor. And unfortunately for me and for all of us, I'm not Joy Proctor. Only she is. She's so talented. I'm just like so in love with her. But all to love say Joy. in 2009, uh, isn't she amazing? So amazing. I realized if I could just be myself, then I wouldn't be so stressed out and trying to be someone else. So that's kind of when I made the change of stepping into who I am more in my business. I started pushing things in a direction that felt like a big leap of faith, but a little bit more fashion forward, a little bit more you know, feeling really authentic to me. And it made a massive change in my business. Wow, that's incredible. So can you tell us a little bit what that process was like of working with your coach and having that realization that you really just needed to have your business be authentically you? Yeah, I mean, it's funny because she's a business coach that doesn't work in the wedding space, which I really recommend if you ever need a business coach, get someone outside of the wedding space because sometimes I feel like in the wedding industry, we all get on Instagram, we're all on Pinterest, we're in this like rubric, this like framework that we're all in and subscribe to. And she really helped me see like, what do you mean you have to do that? Why do you have to do that? Why why is that the rule? And she helped me see that I didn't have to do it the way I saw all of my, you know, heroes doing it, which was, you know, very much at that time, the fine art, very lovely space you know, the girl in the field and the crossback chair and the gauzy runner and all of that. So she helped me to see, she literally said to me, I was Zoom calling very similar to this. And she said, you know, look at your house, look at what you're wearing. Those have nothing to do with the girl in the field. Why don't you step into that? I think you'll find a lot more of yourself there and you'll be able to step into your own and you'll get so much creative satisfaction in that place. You won't hit burnout so much. And she was hundred percent right. Oh my gosh. That is honestly, mind-blowingly wonderful advice. And I mean, just seeing, so it's been four years since you made that transition. Fast forward to 2023, and you guys are now shaping, I think, the wedding industry yourselves based on your vision and your taste and your style. And that is just so incredible that it's really been done by being true to who you are and that those clients have connected with you on such a deep level. 
And so I know that you now have planned and designed events from, oh my gosh, I mean, French Polynesia to California to France where we work together. So I would love to know how do you approach the wedding planning and design process, given that every couple and every venue that you work in is so incredibly unique and special in itself, and each couple is so incredibly special? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing that makes it so fun and keeps moving the needle forward is we always are very informed by the venue and the country that we're in or the city that we're in, but also we try to get to know our clients and their sensibilities and what part of you know, Positano they want to lead, lead it, lean into or what part of Cabo they want to lean into. And because of those two qualifiers coming into a design process, it's always special and unique because we have those two things informing us as well as we're paying a lot of attention to fashion. We don't get a lot of our our trend information from Pinterest or necessarily from the wedding industry. A lot of what we're looking to is, you know, fashion runways, Vogue, Architectural Digest, the design industries outside of the wedding industry to really inform and try to imbibe into our overall design, you know, look and feel. And I think the feel too is a big part of it for us is how do we want the clients to feel? How do we want the guests to feel? And that really informs the design as well. So do you have a specific way that you go about really getting to know your clients and getting to understand how they want their guests to feel? Yeah, great question. So it's funny. We're very hyper aware of the fact that we are the architects of the business and we get to have it move and shake the way that we want it to move and shake, which is such a blessing. And so from the get, literally from our first call, when they're essentially interviewing us, we're really clear with people that so that they know what they're getting into. We want to be your friends. We want to have martinis and pick out linens over the best martini in town. We want this to feel fun. Uh, and from our experience, you know, we're planning a party here. So from our experience, that kind of lets them relax a little bit. It definitely helps them de-stress. And we really get to the core of how they want to host a lot faster because we don't have to cut through this corporate feeling red tape with them of this super professional. I mean, obviously we're professional, but we don't have this like awkward relationship. We become fast friends with a lot of our clients. And that really helps them start thinking about how they want to host, how they want their guests to feel. And it just really fosters a, a really positive working relationship right out of the gates. That must be such a wonderful experience for them too, because I think when you first get engaged, you're often starting to learn, you know, who do we want to be as a married couple? How do we want to host? How do we want to entertain and share our life with our friends and family? So, I mean, what an incredible way to do that being guided by you and being guided by Lauren. So once you're able to kind of come up with that overall feeling how do you work with them on deciding on the destination, deciding on the design? I'm sure some of your couples come to you and they tell you, you know, I want to get married on the Amalfi Coast because it's, you know, somewhere that's incredibly special to us. And some probably come to you and say, we want a destination wedding and we're open to anywhere on the planet. So how do you kind of guide them through that process? You would be surprised. I would say the majority, if not almost all of our clients come to us without any sense of a destination. They'll have some places they don't want to get married. But I think for the majority of our inquiries and our clients, they'll say to us, it could be Morocco, it could be Europe, it could be Mexico, it could be the Caribbean. All I know is that it needs to be within an hour and a half of the nearest airport. We only want to spend, you know, $1,200 a night 
per room per guest. And we want to be coastal and go at it. And so we do. Luckily, we've done that so many times now that we have a, a short list of places we really love and recommend. But uh, the venue search is a huge part of our process and taking into account not only their qualifiers, but their personality, their design sensibility, and kind of where we can see them ending up. But many times when we do a venue report, sorry, many times when we do a venue report for someone, it's literally like 10 different countries that we're suggesting wow. venues in like 10 different countries. Yeah. So once you have nailed down the venue and you've worked with them to really decide how they want the wedding to feel, how do you then start to begin the design process? And even taking it one step further, how do you begin to decide what creative team to bring together, what vendors they should be hiring, whether they're local, whether they're bringing their whole team from out of the country? What's that process like with you? Yeah, great question. So we always start out, once we've found the venue, we definitely start looking at what we can source locally as far as the look and feel, right? So what linens can I rent there for an event? Uh, what chairs are available to rent? Only because we don't want to start on a design and then box ourselves out when there's nothing available in that region. I mean, last year we did a wedding in Costa Rica and we really had to start at the beginning of like what rentals are available in the middle of nowhere. Luckily, we found a, a great company that could foster that and support us there. But that's usually where we start is we have some ideas in our head based on the location and what the client loves, but we dig into the rentals, the furniture rentals process a little bit, do some research, and then start mood boarding from there. Our mood boards are a look and a feel. Um, we want to encapsulate a feeling from them. Obviously, a color palette is involved, but if they're a little bit more broad, I think, than most people's mood boards because we want them, we want to make sure that we're getting how they want it to feel. And then once we all sign off on that mood board, um, we usually do one or two rounds there. Then we start moving forward with vendors that can we really know can help us achieve this feeling that we're going for. Oftentimes, we're sourcing some local, but for the most part, we're bringing in definitely a photographer. We're usually bringing in a florist, if not always. Obviously, rentals are harder to ship across the country or across the world, but we're usually bringing in a good amount of vendors. So with that, then, I mean, I think everybody that follows you, Tori, can really attest that you and Lauren attract the coolest couples. <laughs> what, how, how, what's the secret? How have you done that? I mean, I know obviously, like you said, 2019 was pivotal for you that really you just decided to embrace your authentic self. Is there any, you know, thing that you can recommend to other creatives that are looking to you and really seeing the way that you've shaped your client experience and the type of couples that you work with and, you know, sharing a little bit about how they can learn from you? Absolutely. So Lauren and I basically pray to the church of the ideal client. We are really, really focused on who our ideal client is and kind of almost obsessively and in every part of the way we run the business. So we're always very clear and always having a consistent and ongoing conversation with each other about who's our ideal client, who are we attracting? And we think of that in every piece of the business. So the what's on our website, what's on our social media, every single caption that I post, every single photo is very thought out. It's our whole marketing strategy. And I think we're also just really ourselves. Uh, we try to be as authentic as possible. 
which I think a big part of it is we really just don't take ourselves too seriously. Um, and we're really outspoken about that when we're bringing on clients. Like I want them to know who I am. So I don't feel like I have to be this like stuffy ultra professional person. Like that's so not my vibe. And then I'll be nervous and then you won't get the best version of me. So if I can just totally be myself with you from the jump, we're all going to have a good time. And I think that attracts a certain type of clientele that's easy breezy, but wants to be, you know, aesthetically driven and, and also has a kind heart. That's one thing too, is we always mention on our first call, like we only bring on vendors that we feel like have a kind heart. Us having a kind heart is really important. And we only want to work with clients that have really kind hearts. And that kind of, I think, sends the divas away, which is really nice for us. So I think to answer your to answer your question, I think the more you can move forward in your public realm, like any way that a potential client could find you, every way that you are client or industry facing, if that is really zeroed in on attracting your ideal client, I think it's very, if you build it, they will come. You know, If you're only speaking to that ideal client, they will start to be magnetized towards you. So you decided that your ideal client was not the couple that was having the wedding in the field with the X-back chair and the flowy dress. You, that was really a big part of your, I think, pivotal change in 2019. And it seems like for you, a lot of understanding who your ideal client is, is just innate. It's something that you really just feel in your gut and in your bones. But for somebody who maybe isn't sure who their ideal client is, would you have any recommendations on how they can work through that process and really figure out who they want to work with and who they want to attract? Yes, absolutely. I would say if you're already a wedding photographer or a wedding planner or a wedding industry professional and you're having a hard time getting started on that ideal client avatar, look back at your past weddings and ask yourself like which client made me feel like their their energy made me do my best work. Who made me feel like wow, this feels exciting. I'm glad to be working on behalf of this person or this couple. Because I think that's the easiest way. And interestingly enough, for a long time, our ideal client avatar was someone we created. But eventually, our ideal client avatar is actually a former client that we have. Her name is Kylie. And she was just the most, Kylie and Kyle, and they were just the most dream clients, the kindest people. They had the best sense of style. Like if we could do a Kylie wedding every time, we would sign up in a heartbeat and basically do it for free. So now when we're writing an Instagram caption, we literally say to each other, would Kylie like this? Or what would Kylie like about this photo? And it makes it really easy because she's a real human being. And she's been the longest version of our of our avatar. Usually we change them every few months, but Kylie's been rocking steady for like over a year now. That is such incredible advice. Kylie, thank you. We love you. I we love actually you, Kylie. do this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do the same. My ideal client is Jillian. She was one of my past brides from 2021. And same. I mean, when I make any decisions, I think about, is this something that Jillian would like? And I mean, before that, like you did, my ideal client avatar was also more of a concept and somebody that I knew I wanted to work with. But when you really find that and you have that aha moment that you are working with the right people that trust you, value you, respect you. I mean, being able to see how that comes to life, I think, is so affirming in the choices that you've made. And with you, Tori, so I think we all can attest that your Instagram strategy is 
brilliant. And I think that to me <laughs> is one of the reasons that you are able to really attract those clients so consistently. And, you know, off topic, listeners, if you are not following Smith James events on Instagram, you need to pick up your phone. And as soon as this podcast is done, do so. Because really, it's interesting seeing how you and Lauren share simply what you love. You're not always even sharing just weddings. You're not always sharing your work. I mean, if it's weddings, yes, it's your work. But you're sharing, I mean, 1990s supermodels. You're sharing, you know, everybody now from Instagram knows that you guys love martinis. You love (laughs) convertibles. I mean, when I see a vintage convertible, I was in Paris walking down the street, saw this amazing 1960s red convertible, took a picture and sent it to you because I felt like, did you guys just pull up to Paris in this convertible? So, I mean, you've really (laughs) just been able to create this brand and it works. So can you tell us a little bit more about that and about your Instagram strategy? You know what's funny? I would love to say it was some big mastermind move on my behalf, but the real reason it started is because when I wanted to do that pivot in 2019, I knew where I wanted to go and I knew I had no portfolio work to back it. And I didn't know how to make that leap. So when I started posting inspiration, which is essentially what it is, I was literally just doing it so that brides or potential new clients could see here's what I like and here's what I'm interested in. And this is my true vibe because I had nothing else to show for it. Yes, I could organize a styled shoot, but one styled shoot's only going to take me so far and I couldn't afford to do 10 styled shoots to fill out my portfolio. So really it was, I was just posting things on Instagram stories and being quirky and funny. And it's interesting because my mentor at the time reached out to me and literally said, what are you doing? You're like committing career suicide. People don't post inspiration on their Instagram stories. And I was like, listen, I just need to do this for a couple months. It might be wrong, but I think that it could be, there could be something here. And it's interesting. I got so much feedback. I booked my, my next wedding that I booked after that choice, uh, was a really fashion forward wedding in the middle of Joshua Tree, which ended up being a huge, huge career changer for us. And she, the bride literally booked me saying, okay, so your portfolio work doesn't look like what we want, but what you're posting on Instagram, I can tell that you get it. So or what, like what they're trying to do. So I basically booked my first wedding off those Instagram inspiration stories. And honestly, I probably should have quit, but I just love it. It's a great place for me to express myself and what I love and what I'm into. And to, you know, it's kind of become a funny vision board for us because then we were posting a lot of Italy and then the next season we booked a lot of Italy weddings. And, you know, now, you know, we really wanted a wedding in Puglia. We just found out this morning we're going to be doing a wedding in Puglia. So it's essentially just putting out into the universe what we want to attract and what we're into. And we think it really informs potential new clients and people that follow us. Like, here's what the Smith James girls are into right now. Well, you know, I think that by doing that, you actually kind of shook up the way that the wedding industry on social media has been handled. Because, I mean, I know, especially as a photographer, I very much always used to feel like every single photo I post not only has to be mine, it can never be an iPhone picture. It has to all be film. It has to be in this very similar aesthetic. I mean, for so long, everybody, all they thought about was, quote unquote, the grid and making the grid look perfect. And Tori, personally, seeing you share what inspires you gave me freedom to do that myself and to implement some of that in my business. 
And I think when Instagram first started, when we were on the platform personally, when we weren't using it as a marketing vehicle, I think that was what so many of us loved about the app that it eventually turned it into just another place of work. So, I mean, I think giving people that freedom and I think what you touched on that you didn't have the budget to do 10 styled shoots, that is such I don't, that's really, really good advice because yes, most people cannot afford to do 10 styled shoots to attract their ideal client. They don't have the time. They don't have the budget. They don't have really the capacity. I mean, planning 10 styled shoots would be a full-time job in itself. So instead of doing that, you just really took the time to share what you loved and it worked. And that is so much more efficient. It's faster. It's e- quite frankly, easier. So I just think that is really, really wonderful advice. As I said, please make sure that you're following Smith James events on Instagram. I think if you have been in that old mindset that everything on your Instagram has to be picture perfect always, 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 it probably will give you that creative freedom to share more about who you really are and what you want to attract versus just feeling like you have to be boxed in in this, I think, design that was pre pre conscribed to us. And I think that's amazing, Tori. So thank you so much for giving that incredible advice. I think that's going to inspire a lot of people. So moving along to weddings specifically. So I know really you now are, even though you're based in LA, you're almost exclusively planning destination weddings and events. And you're working in some really, really interesting destinations. So can you tell us a little bit about some of the destinations that you are planning weddings in this year? Yeah, absolutely. It's funny. We are based in LA, but we don't do weddings here. We always laugh about that. Literally, we don't do any weddings in LA. Um, But it's a good uh, international airport here. So it's kind of a perfect spot to be based. So this year, we just wrapped up a wedding in Positano last in April, which was amazing. And we have a wedding in Selena, which is a little island off of Sicily. Uh, You have to take a three-stop ferry to get there. Uh, We have a couple California destination this year in Orange County and in Ojai, but we have more fun destination in August. We have a wedding in the Cotswolds. We have a wedding in Tuscany. And uh, Santa Barbara is kind of as local as it gets for us. Usually brides getting married, brides and grooms getting married in Los Angeles will either shoot out to Palm Springs or they'll shoot up to Ojai, Santa Barbara area. And then for next year, we have some more Italy coming down the pipe. We just found out this morning Puglia and uh, we have one in Sicily in Termina. Oh my gosh, such incredible destinations and all so completely diverse. I mean, from the Cotswolds to Sicily, I can only imagine how beautiful those designs that you are creating. And I think that that is something that is really unique about Smith James is that you're working in these really special kind of off the beaten path locations, which I know personally is a whole nother layer of complexity for you from a planning process. I mean, what you were saying about the Sicilian island being three ferries after flying all the way to Sicily from the United States, you have some very adventurous clients. We do, for sure. I mean, our clients are definitely usually looking for something different, which we're glad that that's what we're attracting. Although, again, we use our Instagram like a big vision board and we were pushing Italy so hard. Now we're all Italy. And so we're looking at each other in the office like, 
should we start trying to attract some California weddings so that we're not on an airplane every week? Um, just kidding. We love being on an airplane every week. But yeah, we're super, we're super Italy heavy. The the more remote locations are really exciting. I mean, obviously there's it's it's a more challenging planning process, but we don't charge more money for that because for us it's really fun to be in a new place. It's we don't necessarily love planning in the same place twice unless it's one of our favorite venues. But yeah, we really love being off the beaten path. That three-stop ferry wedding has been such an amazing learning process for us. I mean, we've been we've been killing it. I'm really excited about that one, but it has definitely been a challenge and sharpening our tool set for sure. That's amazing. And you know, I can also tell you that for me, your Italy is my France. I was very much the same. I did my first, I very much was putting out in the universe. I wanted to work in France. I did my first wedding in France and it just completely exploded for me to now this year, I think 70% of my events are in France, which I am so, so grateful about. Same also thinking maybe it'd be nice to do a couple in the US next year as well. But it's really incredible. And I think, again, just very affirming for people to hear that you used your Instagram as your inspiration board to tell people you wanted to work in Italy. And now you are consistently booking so many events in Italy that you're looking at other destinations too for 2024 and 2025. Absolutely. And Molly, you're the best example of that. You're the example that we always use when we're talking about framing your business towards where you want to go as well as the type of client you want to have. We always say, hashtag Molly's Paris. Molly totally you know, directed her business towards France and look at her go. It's incredible to see. <laughs> Thank you, Tori. And, you know, I think for me, one of the things about the destinations that you're working in is that as they are a little bit more remote and unique and unexplored, I think that really fits with your ethos. To me, it aligns with that you and Lauren just have that innate way of seeing what's next and really you, without even trying, changing the way that the wedding industry is moving and changing people's ideas on design and experience. So going along with that, what do you see as trends in the destination wedding industry? Yeah, I have big opinions on this. <laughs> so I think that experience is becoming king in the wedding industry. I mean, Sophia Richie's wedding was incredible. And I think a lot of the things people are really holding on to from Sophia's, Sophia Richie's wedding is the way she showed up on social media, the way that she was dressing. Fashion has just become so, so important um, and fashion forward fashion. Uh, and then, you know, the experience she brought her guests, the destination she brought her guests, the gentlemen singing as she walked down the aisle. I mean, all of those are the main things I think people are taking away from that wedding, which are very experienced focused. And I think that's what we're seeing too with a lot of the clients that are coming our direction. We're not having as many conversations about plates and menus and flowers, although we do love those conversations. My favorite part too. But a lot of the conversations we're having is, you know, what is the food program? What is the live entertainment? How are people going to feel? How are we lighting it in a creative way? Things that are really outside the box that lend to the, the sensory experience more than just how it's styled. I, I agree. And I think it's interesting that you brought up Sophia Richie's wedding. I know personally over the past two weeks, I've had three or four couples reach out to inquire about wedding photography. And every single one of them cited her wedding as their inspiration. I mean, all hail Sophia Richie and Chanel. 
can do no wrong. The fashion for that wedding was just absolutely beyond and and the story behind it too and was really, really amazing. So I completely agree. I think that that is very much where the wedding industry is moving. And I think that makes it quite fun that I think really over the past 10, 15 years, we've seen weddings go from being a super formula-driven approach where, I mean, everybody had the same, you know, two different flower arrangements. It was white roses or red roses to eventually moving to the, you know, woman in a field that you referenced that was really popular all through the 2010s. Even that gave people a lot more creative freedom to really start to bring their own sense of self, their own sense of style to weddings. But I think over the past three or four years, it's just completely changed. And I think going along with the fact that the wedding venues you're working in from the Cotswolds to Sicily to Bora Bora, all so completely unique. I'm sure they all very, very much fit with each couple. And I think that's what makes destination weddings so exciting and so special is that really you're able to have it be a direct reflection of who you are as a couple and who you want to be when you get married. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. And also you're when you're bringing people to like a heavy destination location, you're really creating this on-campus feel. It just like, it's cheesy to say, but it just feels like a weekend long hug with everybody. And then you don't feel stressed on wedding night to go around and hurry during the salad course to say hi to all of your, you know, your father's law partners or whatever it is. I have so many clients that are, you know, when it's a more local wedding and they are only seeing people on the wedding night, they're looking at me with panic going like, okay, what's my timing? Like, how fast can I go say hi to everyone? Whereas when you're doing a weekend in a location that everyone is together, you've already spent Thursday, Friday with them. You're going to see them tomorrow at your brunch. And it just creates this almost summer camp sort of feel that's just really incredible and lets all your loved ones bond together, which is so much fun. And truly the best dance parties happen from a heavy destination event because all these people have been bonding all week. So they really let it rip on the dance floor. It's so much fun to watch. Yes. And, you know, I think also it's so special that oftentimes because of a destination event, it creates genuine friendships and relationships among guests. Oftentimes, I mean, on both sides, you have people from all walks of life, but then you have them coming together from two different families. And when it is like we talked about kind of the traditional wedding where it used to be every time in your hometown, you would have a 12-hour day, be driven from A to B to C to D, and it you there was really not any opportunity for people to connect, to meet, to form relationships, and to make genuine memories. And I think that is just another thing that makes Destination Weddings so, so special is being able to see I mean, I at our wedding, two of our friends met. Now they have two children. So, you know, because we had a destination wedding, we spent a week out there. It was very much that type of experience. And to me, that is something people don't often think about when they're initially choosing to have a destination event. But I think there's so much more that they get out of it than they really ever could have even dreamed. It's true. That's an amazing story. I didn't know that. That's so much fun. I love it when, like, I love the hookups. Like I like it when like the groom's cousin is like making out with the childhood best friend of the bride and they always <laughs> tell me and I love it. I'm like, this is great. This is what we oh. built, you know? <laughs> oh, that's so true. Tori, you are just – you're such a wealth of knowledge. You 
have given so many amazing pieces of advice. So speaking with Caleb Norman James, who was recently interviewed on episode three of The Wedding Destination, he told us about Le Collectif. Can you share with us a little bit more about The Gathering? Well, first of all, I just have to say Caleb's my best friend and I love him so much. Shout out to Caleb. We I'm glad you, Caleb. He, you interviewed with him. Le Collectif is something that he started with a group of photographers and a videographer team. It's a workshop that is meant for wedding creatives, both planning planners and designers and photographers, videographers, and kind of the sensibility behind it is the networking you get when you gather all kinds together from the wedding industry is just unmatched because everyone's informing everyone else's experience rather than just lining up a bunch of photographers and having them take pictures. It's just totally different. And we find that at Le Collectif every year, you know, the planners that meet the photographers are hiring the photographers and the photographers are, you know, referring the planners. And it's amazing because it's a group of people from all over the country. So it's a really amazing experience. It's I always say it's my favorite week of the year. I didn't know that I wanted to do education until Caleb strong-armed me into doing Le Collectif. And once I did it the first time, I was like, oh my gosh, I love pouring into people. It's so much fun. I wish that someone had told me how it was, you know, if I could have, if I could have learned it. It's interesting because in the beginning I felt like, uh, I guess I shouldn't say it that way. I guess what I should say is we have so many people that are on a very similar level to us in the industry experience wise. And so now when we go, we learn so much, like we are exchanging ideas. It's not so much that we're like teaching a class, although we do have sessions, but everyone's really learning from each other and pouring into each other. And it's great to hear everyone's experiences. So highly recommend Le Collectif. It's my favorite week of the year. I think we might be going to Europe next year. Not sure. Trying to make that happen. But it's an amazing feeling. I know I was referencing a summer camp feeling earlier, but this is very similar. It's super bonding. Everyone stays very good friends. And it's unlike any workshop I've ever been to. What an incredible opportunity to learn from you too, Tori. And I mean, Honestly, I think anybody that has listened to Caleb's episode and yours would understand why you create such a special environment and such a special experience that is conducive to learning, growing, and just forming genuine friendships. I know personally I can speak to several people I know who have attended one, if not more, of like collective gatherings and have all said that it really, really changed not only their career but their lives. So, I mean, just a really, really wonderful experience. Tori, this has just been incredible. I cannot thank you enough for your time today. Thanks for having me, Molly. I always love talking to you, and hopefully this was all good information. It was incredible. And I know that many of our listeners already follow you, and I've given your Instagram a few shout-outs. But for those who have may just met you, where can we follow and learn more about you and Smith James events? Yeah, it's, we're Smith James events, Smith and James. And on Instagram, we're at Smith James events. Our website's www.smithjamesevents.com. Amazing. Tori, this has been truly wonderful. Thank you so much for your incredible advice and for joining us here on The Wedding Destination. Thanks, Molly. You're the best. Thank you all for listening to today's episode of The Wedding Destination Podcast. I'm Molly Carr, and you can follow me on Instagram at Molly Carr Photography and the podcast at Wedding Destination Podcast. We hope you will leave us a five-star review on iTunes and join us next week for a new episode. We'll talk to you soon.